Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We are about to embark on a 21-day fast. And actually, we're excited about it. Are you excited about it, church? Moggy and I are excited about our 21-day fast. Go, Moggs, you and I. Are you excited about our 21-day fast? Awesome. Well, if you are new on your journey, what you need to know, simply put, a fast is just abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. It's not merely just going without food. That would be starvation, or as some of us like to call it, a diet, all right? A fast is going without food and with a spiritual purpose. And we've been quoting over the last couple of weeks as we've introduced this thought about doing our Feb fast that Stovale Weems says that prayer is when we connect with God, fasting is when we disconnect with the world. And see, when you eliminate food or a certain food group or something that's attached to you for numbers of days, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world. And if you were here this morning and last week, we've been talking about uh, living uncluttered lives and getting back to basics and going to uh, back to our first love. But uh, when we fast, our spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world and we become more sensitive to the things of God. And in this fast, we are really believing that people's lives will be changed. And I don't know about you, but I really, I wasn't joking when I said I'm so excited. When I was down there tonight in worship, I just thought I had such an injection of faith. I said, God, I've got faith in my, for my life, for the things I'm believing for you to do in this next 21 days. But I've got faith for you if you don't believe. I really do. I really feel that this was a God drop for our church to do this 21-day fast. It was something God said, not we were looking for a new plan. It was something God said. And I had the privilege of um, looking into devotionals, putting together the um, information, the 21-day Feb fast booklet. And I've been so excited. And like I said, tonight when I was in worship, I just thought, I'm excited about what God is going to do in my life, but I've I've got faith for you. And I just want to encourage you, if you're still on that edge of maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, or maybe which one to pick, can I just encourage you, do it. Because you know what, you just, you never know if you don't do it. And if you do it, you'll be amazed as you take that step where God will take that step to meet you. And so we're believing that there'll be relational breakthroughs, there'll be physical breakthroughs, There'll be financial breakthroughs, but the most important thing as a leadership team that we believe that this fast is going to do is it's going to bring people closer to Jesus. And it doesn't matter where you are in life and where you are in your relationship with God, whether you've known him for one minute, whether you've known him for 20 years, that all of us can get a deeper and more intimate personal relationship with Jesus. And that's what we are hoping for, that people would be more in love with Jesus, that we will be more surrendered to his wills rather than than our wants. That's what fasting's about. It's not about what I want. It's about fasting without going without food. It's about dethroning King's stomach. Just saying, you know what? You're not ruling over these next 21 days. I'm putting that aside so that I can develop a relationship with you. I'm wanting to know more about your will, God. Surrender myself more to your will rather than my wants and desires. And above all, that we would all grow in a deeper personal relationship with our God. Now, that being true, I'm here to tell you that we have an enemy that does not want us to succeed. 
I mean, it's the last thing he wants is a church of people who are sold out to his will rather than their wants. He doesn't want people getting into deeper and more personal relationship with Jesus. We've got an enemy. He doesn't want us to succeed. So if you think that in the past, dieting and making adjustments to your life has been hard, I'm here tonight to tell you fasting's harder. Now, I don't say that to put you off or scare you. So if you just sat there, shut your book and say, well, that's it, I'm not even bothering. I'm, sa- I'm telling you that because I want to prepare you and encourage you because you can do this. I've been a Christian for over 29 years and fasting has been an integral part of my Christian walk. I shared back in September, um, and you can download it on the website, just a message on fasting, and it could encourage you. There is information in the booklet that you've been sent or you can get your access to. But I just spoke then about fasting, what it is, the advantages of fasting, some practical tips on how you can do it. So I encourage you to download that. You can get into that. But over my 29 years of a Christian walk with Jesus, I've done several 30-day Daniel fasts. I've done many three-day full fasts, just water only, and I've done many seasons of just where we've done, as a family, 24 hours, a full 24 hours weekly, weekly, not, yeah, one day in a week, does that make sense? 24 hours full fast for seasons, where it could be weeks and months on end. Now, I don't tell you that so that you think more of me. I tell you that to encourage you that this can be done. We are not setting you up to fail. We're setting you a challenge. It could be a challenge, but you know what? It's an attainable challenge. And I'm simply here to say, if I can do it, you can do it. If the person next to you can do it, you can do it, all right? And so what I've learned in, my, in some of these fasts, whether it's a 30-day Daniel fast, whether it's a three-day full fast or my one-day fast, is that in part, going without food isn't the hardest bit of it. Sometimes the hardest part of a fast is the emotional roller coaster you find yourself on. And I just thought, you know what? I think we need to prepare you. We've done a booklet that's prepared you how you can set yourself up physically for doing a fast, but I felt I need to set us up emotionally about how we can do this fast. Because have you ever heard of the term hangry? Hangry? Do you know what hangry means? Hangry is, it's when you're angry, but you're not, you don't, you, you've got these emotions and feeling of anger, but it's not actual anger, it's hunger. And we confuse them and they manifest. Who's seen the Snickers ad? You know the Snickers ad where there's a guy talking to his girlfriend and he says, as he's talking to her, she turns into Betty White. You, now, you guys might not know who Betty White is. I need to look over this side. But Betty White from the Golden Girls, and she's a really sharp-witted uh, older lady, really snappy. And so this ad is, he's talking to his girlfriend, and then she starts getting really snappy, and he's like, honey, have a Snickers, because you're not you when you're hungry. And so I just thought, you know what, I need to speak to us, because we are setting ourselves up for some hangry people over these next 21 weeks. And I can't give you all the Snickers, all right? But you're not you when you're Snickers. But would you like, who wants a Snickers? Who over here in the youth is giving up junk food for their 21-day fast? All of you. Of course you are. <laughs> All right, well, this is, you have got, what's the time? 7, 30, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. You've got five and a half hours that you can enjoy. Whoever catches it, a Snickers. So you're not you when you're hungry. Now, we're going to put these emotions into test because if they all go for him while he's got his Snickers bar, maybe don't eat it here, eat it after. All right, you're not you when you're hungry. Eat a Snickers bar. Now, we don't want you eating Snickers bars because we want fasting. 
We want us to put aside some things so that God can speak to us. But we potentially are leading into a period of lots of hangry people. And that means that we have a potential for chaos. And yet we as a leadership team felt we need to do this. All right? We have the potential for there to actually be relational busts up. Because you know what? Hangry people can just rub each other up the wrong way. And we're going to spend 21 days together, 21 days of abstaining from certain foods. It's going to do certain things to our body and to our emotions. And we just might not be the nice people that we normally are. And yet, you know what I want you to know is the devil actually wants that. The devil wants to see us have relational bust-ups. He wants to see all sorts of pain, something that we have said is for good. He wants to come and manipulate and turn it into bad. He wants to come and have some people go, you know what, after hearing that, I'm not even going to bother participating. He wants to strike fear into people's hearts so that they won't participate. Because what if I'm one of those hangry people? What if I get like that and I upset people or put people off? Or So he, he, that's what he wants. He wants to instill a spirit of fear in you so that you won't participate. He wants to bring condemnation. Maybe you, you start it and either you fall off the wagon, you don't do, he wants to bring condemnation or you do lose it and you can't get over yourself through that. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to bring condemnation. He wants you to lose your witness. Remember, this 21-day fast is what is it about? It's about us getting closer to Jesus. It's the last thing the enemy wants. He wants us to be in a position where we lose it, we're crabby, we're angry, we're not friendly. We're all these things so that we lose our witness. And it's to miss the point of what we're doing the fast for. So I just thought, you know what? I think I just need to speak to us about how we can manage our emotions. And I think behind me, we've got our emojis up there. I mean, can you see yourself? Top, right, (laughs) could be tomorrow night. You never know. But you know what? That's not a problem because I'm going to give you some keys that are going to help you turn top right into top left. Is that right? Left. Yes. All right. All right. So I'm going to share tonight on managing our emotions. Just want to read to a scripture from Matthew 6, verses 16 to 19. It says, When you fast, do not look sombre as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The reason I wanted to bring that scripture to our remembrance is I understand the fact that we're wanting God to connect to God on a deeper level. Can I hear someone's phone going off? Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. (laughs) I thought someone was heckling me. I was like, I was going to get angry. (laughs) All right. The reason I wanted to use that scripture was because, you know what, the whole point of this fast is us to get closer to God. But you know what? All of us in this room still either have to operate as we're wives, we're husbands, we're parents, we're students, we're employees, we still have to do what it is we're naturally called to, what is part of our portfolio, who we are. Then we can't use fasting as an excuse to not do those 
And yet scripture says, because of what Jesus was teaching us, that we can actually do both. We can fast and we can do it well. See, the Pharisees made a big song and dance about fasting. They sought human recognition. They wanted everybody to know they were fasting because they felt better about themselves. So they'd put on sackcloth, they'd look miserable, they'd do all this so people would know they're fasting. And the Bible tells us that they then got their reward here on earth, which was purely what they were looking for, human recognition. When we're to do fasting, we're not to let people know. Now, we know as a congregation, because we're wanting to do this journey together, we're encouraging one another, but it's not like we want to make a big song and dance. I don't want people to know I'm fasting because I'm miserable, because I'm snappy, because I'm nasty, because I've got no grace, because I'm just short. And I don't mean in stature, I just mean in temperament. And so what I love about that uh, scripture is Jesus says to them, that to put oil on your head and wash your face. In other words, go about your daily business. You can do this. And I'm using that scripture as an encouragement. You can do this. If you're sitting there thinking, yeah, but you know what? I still have to work. I've got a young baby. I know. God knows your realities. I know your realities. There is still an element to which you can fast over this 21 days. There is something you can do that will be a cost to you so that Jesus can see it and something that you can do that uh, you can do well within your sphere of influence, well within the jurisdiction that you have over your life. All right? So I believe we can have and experience our fast, we can keep our responsibilities, we cannot lose our relationships, and we don't have to lose our witness. It just means we need to manage our emotions. And so I want to quickly share just a couple of facts about emotions and then give us some practical tips we can implement over these next 21 weeks. I'm going to use fasting examples because that's where we're heading to. But these, the tips that we give, this is, you use this across the board. This isn't just for fasting. This is for emotional health on every level. All right. So some facts about emotions. Emotions are God-given and they're good. Men, women's emotions are God-given and they're good. They are. And I'll give you some keys. And you understand why. Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. All emotions from love and joy to anger and fear are given to us for a reason. They help us discover the wonders of life. I mean, can you imagine a kiss without love? I mean, like... We see that all the time. It's like, that's emotion. I'm, you know a kiss and you know a kiss. And there are kisses and then there are kisses. What is a kiss without love? It's like, ew. What is a joke without laughter? My jokes, actually. <laughs> but then that's the definition because not, it's not a joke. So I made you laugh. There you go. It's an emotion. All right. Emotions warn us when we're in danger. If you didn't have the capacity to get angry, you wouldn't know when someone was mistreating you. It's kind of, it's like pain. Pain actually is of benefit to us because pain tells us something's wrong. That's the issue when people have leprosy and they lose a feeling in their extremities, they can do things. They often lose their extremities because they're not aware that they're doing things that are causing pain and losing things because they've got no feeling. Pain is actually our friend. It's an emotion to help us know something's wrong. Our emotions are like pain. They let us know that's funny, that's worth enjoying, that's not so good. All right, so emotions are God-given and they are good. The other thing about emotions is that they're here to stay. Now is when the men can go, oh. 
There's no point praying for deliverance from emotions. I have tried, and I'm sure my husband has tried to pray emotions out of me and our kids and anyone else who will stand still. Despite what you feel at times, we actually need our emotions. You know what? We cannot deny their existence, but hear me, we can deny their control. It's just like sin. Sometimes emotions are sin, but it's just like sin. What do I mean by that? In Romans chapter 6, verse 2, it says, We are not those who have, sorry, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? The scripture tells us that we've died to sin, but sin isn't dead. Sin is still, I mean, look around. Sin is still around. But the scripture is telling me I've died to the power of sin. If I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he is my master. Sin now has no mastery over me. I'm not a slave to sin, but I'm not insensitive to the enticements of sin. And it's the same with our emotions. You know what? My emotions do not have to have control over me. I don't, they don't have to control me, but I'm not immune to them wanting to do that. In verse 12 of Romans 6, it says, we're told that we won't feel sin. We're just not to offer our bodies as an instrument of sin. So in other words, when we deny the flesh the right to rule us, but we don't deny its existence. I deny my emotions the right to... Uh, rule me for me to be led by them I might feel that way it is true this is what I feel sad it is true I might feel useless it is true I might feel this but I deny their power of leading me that way that is how I feel that is not what I am that is how I feel that is not what I will act on just like sin it's been dealt with but I'm not immune to it. I have to work it out. So emotions are here to stay. They exist, they always will, but we don't have to be led by them. And the third thing about emotions is they can be managed. We don't have to be at the mercy of our emotions. We just need to learn how to manage them. We need to learn how to use them properly. And what I've discovered in my life and in many people when just doing ministry is that the majority of people are either in two camps, emotional or emotionless. And we've got to find the balance. The best saying that I've ever heard is the answer to abuse is not no use, but correct use. And if you've been in an environment where it's all emotional and sources are flying and words are flying and things are going pear-shaped and it's, it's emotional, or you've come from an environment where it's emotionless. Nobody shows their emotion. We don't talk. We don't say how we feel. We don't show affection. We don't, whatever. That's not the answer. The answer isn't a, a no use. So because I was in this environment, I'm not doing that. Or because I was in this environment, I'm not doing it. It's not the no use. It's correct use. We need to find the balance of emotions. The diversity of feelings, our emotions, is meant to complement our life, not determine it. We need the ability to show emotions when they are positive and helpful and control them when they are negative and destructive. Jonathan Mortison says this, Feelings are much like waves. We can't stop them from coming, but we can choose which ones to surf. And so tonight I want to share a few keys to help us learn which uh, keys to help us surf the right emotions. Are you with me? All right. So how can we manage our emotions? The first key to managing our emotions is we have to think right. To be healthy physically, you have to eat right. 
It's all over the papers, it's all over the advertising, it's all over the television. To uh, be healthy physically, you've got to eat right. Well, it's the same is true emotionally. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Managing our emotions starts in our head. We need to think right to act right. Author Lisa Turkhurst, who's done the book Made to Crave, she says, what we, cons- we consume what we think about, and then what we think about consumes us. We consume what we think about, and then what we think about consumes us. If you want to talk about managing your emotions, you've got to ask yourself this question. question. What am I consumed with? What am I consumed with? Because what I think about, what I consume is what I think about, what I think about consumes me. Are you consumed with fear? Are you consumed with anger? Are you consumed with uh, offence, hurt, bitterness, fear of what people think about you, confused about your identity, insecure with who you are? Or are you consumed with Jesus, his love, his acceptance, what he says about you? That's the purpose of why we're doing this fast. Because what we consume is what we, th- what we think about is what we consume, and then what we consume is what we think about. Did I just say that right? We consume what we think about, and then what we think about consumes us. That's why the fast. We're trying to give you a diet of where we can consume Jesus. We can consume his word. We can cons- consume the things he says about us, because when we eat of that, abstaining from natural food, spend time eating of that, That's what we'll start to think about. That's what will start to consume us. That's what will start to flow out of us. That's why we've done the devotional. It's not just about abstaining from food. Okay, I'm not going to eat that. It's about replacing that. Okay, I'm not going to eat that, but what am I going to fill myself with? I'm going to fill myself with God's Word. I'm going to fill myself with opportunity to take some time and sit down and say, here's my time with you, God, this morning. Um, Come and speak to me. Here's my time with you this afternoon. Come and speak to me. We need to swap our natural cravings with a spiritual one. What you consume will consume you. That's all we've got to remember during this fast. What we consume will consume me. And so over these 21 days, I want to set up myself a pattern of consuming God's Word. I want to consume His thoughts, what He says about me, what He says over me, what He says over my family, what His promises are, consuming that. Because when I consume that, that will consume me. So you need to ask yourself, what am I consumed with? And then you need to start replacing your negative thoughts. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Can I encourage you, church, once you're in the grip of this fast, remember Philippians 4.8. When the hunger pang starts, or sometimes it's not even you're hungry, it's just someone's got something you want. That's King's stomach saying, but I want that. And that's the opportunity where we take captive those thoughts. We think about positive and we say, no, but I'm not going to take that because I'm consumed with what God wants for me in this season. And when I consume that, that will consume me. And just like I assume, and I know you should never assume, but I'm assuming most of us in preparation for this fast, we've been shopping. We've bought fruits. We've bought vegetables. Our fridges should be stocked with fruits and vegetables. Our pantry should be empty of chocolate, of soft drink, of 
whatever else it is that we don't want to have. Just like we've done that physically, we need to do that mentally and in our thought life. We need to start stocking up fruits and vegetables in our head. You need to start stocking up scripture, saying, you know what, I'm going to stock up scripture so that what consumes me, uh, what I consume will consume me. So it's kind of like a stock take and an empty. So just like we've been emptying our cupboards of just any of the things that we're not going to be eating over these next 21 days and filling our fridge with the things we are, we need to do it in our mind. You need to stock up and you need to empty. So the first key in how we manage our emotions is to think right. The second key is you need to know yourself. Self-awareness is a major key when we talk about managing our emotions. You just need to know, why do I do what I do? If I know myself, I've got some answers for that. And so some keys in how you can know yourself is ask yourself this, how have I responded in the past? So for me, you talk about I've done fast before, so I'm setting myself up. So it's like, okay, what, how have I responded in the past? When I've done this before, how have I responded? Because when we're talking about how do I stop my emotions running away, how do I stop myself um, just reacting over these next couple of days? And what I've recognised with myself is the first few days of a fast Usually you're having a big sugar detox. So you have things like headaches, you feel lethargic. You can just be really, really short-tempered, snappy and crabby is probably polite ways of saying it. And so what I do is I'm aware of that. So I've been teaching the kids in terms of, hey, you know what, we're coming up into a season of this. How about we start thinking about this is what could happen and we're preparing ourselves. I know myself, I know what this could happen. So I'm just apologising right now in advance, okay? So I'm just banking. It's like a bank account. I'm just depositing, 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 depositing because possibly in the next three days I might be making some major withdrawals, all right? So it's about knowing yourself. And so just know yourself. And say, actually, you know what? I feel that when it comes to, for women, certain times of the month, this is how I respond. Know yourself. Because you know what? Next month is coming. For men with stress or something, if you've made decisions or there's a period of um, your life when it's really busy at work, look back. Know yourself. Actually, how did I respond last time? Okay, that's how I responded last time. This is coming up. I need to put some things in place that are going to protect me. Remember, we're talking about how do you manage your emotions? Know yourself. How have I responded in the past? What about this one? What are my limits? We have a saying here. It says, watch when you, where you go when you're emotionally low. So just know your limits. For some of us, this is a major step. You're cutting out sugar. You're cutting out wheat. You're cutting out meat. This could be a major step. So know your limits. Understand I'm taking a big step. So here's my suggestion. If you're cutting out some of those things, just don't go gung-ho with something else. Who's ever started a new gym program? You haven't been to the gym for a while, you decide to go. Who's ever made the mistake of you just whack up the weights as heavy as you can and go for it? Then you wake up like this. Can't move me arms. <laughs> Got to try and get out of bed. Because <laughs> you're so sore. Do you know the best thing you can do when you're wanting to start a new gym program, something new for... Do the exercise, probably do them weight-free. Just use body resistance, use the, just the bar, don't do any weights. Why? Because we want you to come back. Because we know if you, if you go and do the maximum and do everything you can, you won't, be able, you won't be in the gym for another week, maybe two, if ever. It's the same thing, know your limits. This is a big step for me, this is something that I'm doing, so don't take on a new endeavour. I was trying to think of a word. Don't do something else. So just know your limits. There are things we know 
as a family, there are certain events within our house and in the life of the church that we carry more weight than others. Vision Sunday is one of them. Christmas time, Easter time. It's a big impact in our family dynamic because there's a weight to those services. We don't just come in like it's any other Sunday. It's like this, you know, God wants to do something. There's a responsibility. So we know our limits. So we adjust our lifestyles in those weeks leading up to that and after for the whole family because I know that that's the times if we're going to get... Not <laughs> it's around that season. How do I know that? Because the first question, how have I responded in the past? And the second question, I know my limits. And you just got to ask yourself, what's my limit? So this could be a new thing for you. Can I suggest? Don't start something else new. Just know what am I, what do I have the grace and the capability to do? And I'm because we only get a certain amount of grace. And if I'm going to use it all up just to make sure I stick to the Daniel fast, I need to make sure there are other things lined up in my life that aren't going to take grace, that I can just do it. Does that make sense? So know your limits. Thirdly, remember we're talking about knowing yourself. What are your triggers? Like what is it that sets you off? You've got to know those things. Know that about yourself. What's the triggers? For our, our family is routine. Can I tell you, if we don't eat at 6 o'clock, Anytime after that, it just goes downhill very quick. We're just rigid with the way we wired. So anybody knows, especially if you've travelled with us, anybody knows if we're walking around looking for a restaurant at 6 o'clock and not actually sitting down eating, it just quickly goes downhill. Everybody starts getting hangry. And I can either fight that and go, well, you guys need to really grow up and blah, blah, blah. Or just go, you know what? It's the way we've conditioned, it's the way we've trained ourselves for years. I just know... I know what my trigger is. I'm going to make sure that at 5 o'clock I'm booking restaurants. At 5 o'clock I'm doing this. So you know what? We're going into the Daniel Fast as a family. I'm going to make sure dinner's on the table at 6 o'clock because then it won't be half as bad that it's just veggies. <laughs> it's like as long as the veggies there at 6, I know the trigger. Okay? The trigger is we've got to eat at 6 o'clock. So those veggies are going to be on the table at 6 o'clock. All right. So... Um, for you, just remember, we're talking about taking our um, emotions, managing them, not getting... What's your triggers? So possibly in this time of a fast, maybe there are taxing relationships. Maybe there are things that, you know what, in the natural and normally on every other day, you can do without thinking about. But you're going into a time of fasting where you're denying yourself. You've got an extra stretch on your emotional life. It could be time for you to think, you know what, I'm going to put some safety nets in place in this next 21 days. And there could just be some relationships, or there could be some things that you do, you just think for three weeks, I'm just not going to do them. I'm going to put some safety net in there so that I'm not running on empty in that time. Because if you don't know um, your triggers, you're going to put yourself in a situation, someone's going to say something, you're going to do something that you may regret. Remember, we're trying to say, let's fast, let's do it joyfully, and let's do it without losing our witness, without losing our friendships, without creating unnecessary pain. So what are your triggers? Put in some extra boundaries during this fast. And the fourth key when you talk about knowing yourself is what are your warning signs? I get muscle twitch. I see my arm go, and my eye, my eye twitches. And I know emotionally I'm cutting it. You know, other warning signs for me is my language, not swearing. My language, like I say, it's not fair. You always and I never. That were, that, they are warning signs. I know I'm on the emotional edge and I'm struggling emotionally when I hear myself in discussion saying, you always or you never. 
When I hear that come out of my mouth, I'm like, okay, girlfriend, you need to go and do some serious time with God because I'm starting to put something on you that I'm not getting from my Heavenly Father. They're warning signs for me. But do you know how I know that? Because I know myself. And you guys have warning signs. And if you're really at that point, you think, I don't know what my warning signs, have a trusted friend and ask them because they'll be able to tell you. No, see, I'm being serious. A trusted friend and, some, and, and a friend who's got the courage to actually say, actually, it's this. All right? So if you ask someone and they don't tell you, they're lying to you, and then you just say to them, you're not my friend. But don't say that during the fast. Maybe wait. <laughs> okay? What are your warning signs? I know what my warning signs are. I know my physical warning signs. I know my emotional warning signs. When I start saying that, I'm like, oh, I need to do something about it quick. You need to listen to your warning signs and then respond to them accordingly. I saw this quote and I love it. It says, if you can't be a good example, you may just have to be a horrible warning. I don't want to be a horrible warning. I really want to be a good example. I don't want people looking at me going, if that's what happens when you do this, I'm not doing this. I want people looking at my life going, if that's what happens when you do that, I'm doing that. All right. So know yourself. Thirdly, anticipate the impact of your season. When you're managing your emotions, you, you can't negate what's happening around you. You've got you to factor in the circumstances. Let's face it, for 21 days, the majority of us are going to be on a fast, which means that if somebody reacts poorly to how you think they should react, how about we extend the benefit of, the, of doubt? How about we extend grace and just go, you know what, what's my season? My season is I'm fasting. Maybe I just misinterpreted that because I'm hungry or I'm on the edge or maybe they are on the edge and they've said that. Remember, I anticipate your season. I'm not talking let it dictate to you. We never let our season dictate to you, but we can't ignore it. It's a season. It's like with finances. Giving is just unquestionable in our household. Depending on circumstances and what's happening in environments and things like that, it may look different at seasons, but giving and the principle of it never changes. And it's the same with your seasons in fasting. You know what? Anticipate this season. Understand you're fasting. You want people to extend you the benefit of the doubt emotionally so that if you are a bit snappy that they won't take it the wrong way, you've got to do the same thing. Understand when they said that to you, maybe you misinterpret it because of where you're at. Possibly they didn't mean to say it that way. They are just on the edge themselves. So anticipate the uh, impact of your season. Just a few key things. If you're setting yourself up to fast, you're wanting to do this, I don't know if you work in an environment where you have a lunchroom. Maybe normally you can go and have lunch in the lunchroom. But if you're on a 21-day fast, you want to set yourself up for success, maybe on these next 21 days, you can't be in the lunchroom because you might really struggle to eat your cal uh, calorie, celery and carrots while they're munching on a big fat meat pie. It just It's like anticipate the season. For the next 21 days... I don't think I can sit in the lunchroom and not look miserable and not look like the Pharisees and slap myself around because I'm doing this for God and I really want that meat pie. If you, you know, anticipate your season, just set yourself up. For the next three weeks, I'll go for a walk on my lunch break. I'll do something else. Or if you're a businessman with lunch meetings, the next 21 days, don't make lunch meetings. Hey, I'll meet you at 
such and such after. Do, do something, something you can do for you to anticipate your season. Why? Because you're trying to manage your emotions. You don't want to lose your witness, so you don't want to be having a business meeting with a guy at the lunch and you're drooling. Just like, <laughs> all you can see is that. The whole purpose of this fast is not to look how good I am with going without. It's to replace that. It's to get closer to God. So don't let the focus be on what you can't have. The focus has got to be on what we want, but we've got to be smart emotionally. So anticipate the impact of your season. Fourthly, have exit strategies. What do I mean? You know what? Here's the key. Most of us get into trouble because something happens and we react immediately. And we have to learn to go, whoa, stop. And the problem is when emotions are involved, that is very hard to do. So we have to have exit strategies. We've got a saying that says, plan in the cool of day, not in the heat of night. And so when we talk to our young people, we just say, you know what? You have to set boundaries in place when? In the cool of day. What's the cool of day? Before you start dating. What's the cool of day? Before you get yourself into a position of, hey, I can't, there's now emotions running now. There's um, all the blood running through my body. I'm like, I, I haven't made these cool of day decisions and now I, oh, it just happened. It's like, and I didn't, if you had made decisions in the cool of day that here's the boundaries for our relationships, which is we don't go in cars, just a boy and a girl. It just doesn't happen that way. We don't go home when there's no one home. We don't go out after a certain, whatever the boundaries are, whatever you've decided in the cool of day, because when you've made that decision in the cool of day, here's my boundaries, when that temptation comes, you can stand against it because that's your cool of day decision. But if you haven't made that cool of day decision, when the opportunity comes, hey, do you want to come home? And then you get home and then you realise that, oh, there's no folks here. Once you've started to open yourself up to that, so it's very hard then to say, oh, hang on. No, actually, let's go somewhere else. But you've made that cool of day decision. You don't even get to that point where you have to then try and put the brakes on. The brakes were put on way back there. And we, and that's, so that's obvious when you talk about young people and in, in their uh, physical. But what about you with your emotional? We've got to have exit strategies so that we don't just jump straight into something. Exit strategy is something like this. Somebody says something to you which instantly you feel. Here's key number one. Count to ten. One, two. Not loud. because <laughs> One, two. That's what some people do with their kids and that's a whole different story and still not effective. So in your head, count to ten. Because you know what? By the time you get to ten, you're able to manage those emotions. Because what you say at one, you can never take back. So if you go, if you launch, and I don't care how right we are or feel we are in our launch, once you've said it, it ain't coming back. You can apologise, you can repent, cool, but it never comes back. And it is way better to have an exit strategy that in your head, by the time you get to 10, you've, and you've done it long enough, you've practised enough, you've conditioned yourself enough, you can have other exit strategies which can be, actually, you know what? I feel we really need to talk about this, but this is not a great time. Let's make a time where we can catch up, which removes you out of the heat. It removes you out of the um, angst of it, removes you out of wherever you're feeling. You get time to cool down, time to be able to sort it out, and then we can talk levelly and we can talk with an end in mind. That is, we, we want resolution for this. We don't want to see this going any further, and I need to get myself in a position. So it can be count to ten. Recite a song. A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, J. So if you're talking to me and you see me kind of go off with the fairies, you know what I'm doing. Count, count to 10, count to 10. And if I'm really, really, it's like 10, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. I can't even count. I missed it. <laughs> so count to 10. Have an exit strategy. 
Go for a walk, call a friend, whatever it is. Have an exit strategy for you. We're talking about managing your emotions because if you jump straight in, again, we're um, just not helpful for what we're wanting to do as a church for our fast. So in your, pl- pl- in your fast, plan some exit strategies. Just quickly, fifthly, close the tab. What do I mean by that? you know what a tab is? A tab is an accumulation that you then have a later settlement. Can I give you the, here's the thing. You always settle. I think we, we forget. We have tabs all the time, but you've got to, a tab has to be settled. There always comes a point where you have to pay. Our daughter, Bailey, we have a cafe out there. And because we're here for three services on a Sunday, we have set up a little deal for her. I have a tab. Now, I've let the secret out of the bag, okay? But they know that only Bailey. You cannot put anything on my tab. So we have a tab, which we thought was a brilliant idea in the beginning, But then the end of the month came and I had to settle and I had to pay for all those emotional decisions that were made on a Sunday that when Bailey came to ask me, could I have something? And I was too busy. I said, yes, 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 because that was just easy. And then when you get a $170 tab bill, it's like, how could you eat that? Were you really generous to all your friends? All right, I'm going to go and find all my nieces and nephews and say, no, it's Bailey's tab. It's not yours. I'm not paying for yours. Your tab, you always settle. And you know what? We have emotional tabs. We, do, we keep things, and then we keep adding up and keep adding up and keep adding up. And you've heard the story, the straw that broke the camel's back. It's not usually that last thing. It's the straw that broke. It's the last thing that on top of everything. When we're talking about emotional health, close the tab. Don't, you need to keep short accounts, deal with it daily, especially in this fast time. Don't bring into this fast any baggage, any hurts, anything. Because I'm telling you, if you're holding something against someone, guaranteed in these next 21 days, while God is stretching you, or you're getting um, challenged in the spirit, that person, that what you're holding onto, something's going to happen. And if you've got a tab there, wham, out comes the genie from the bottle. And the genie is hard to get back in. All right. So extend grace. Give the benefit of the doubt. Sixthly, have a safe place to vent. This is not about the fact you cannot say anything. It's not about the fact we deny it. We don't want you to bottle up your feelings. They just have to be expressed wisely. You need to find a healthy outlet. That's why the journal. You know what? Start putting things to paper. Have a good, trusted, godly friend. Someone you know won't uh, say any more, but also a godly friend who's going to point to what the scripture says and actually says, actually, stop right there. You don't need to tell me. You need to go tell them. Stop right there. I don't want to hear any more. A good, godly friend, someone you can trust, a physical outlet. You heard Tony say this morning about the gym, boxing, kickboxing, knitting, whatever it is for you. Just have a safe place to fend. And then finally, let's ask God. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. When it comes to our emotions, we've already said God created them. We said they're good. We said they're here to stay. We said we need to learn to manage them. So it makes sense to seek the help from the creator. God gave us the emotions. God can give us the capacity and the ability to manage them. This 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 fast is about us inviting God to come and do what only he can do in our lives, to separate ourselves, to unclutter, to say, God, come and speak to me. So we need to include God in the outset of this fast. Ask God, Lord, help me during this time. I understand that I might be um, stretched. I understand my emotions might be all over the place. But God, with the keys I've learned tonight and your help, I can sail through this fast and go to a deeper and uh, more intimate 
relationship with you. Ask for his wisdom and his strength. Use that devotional that we've made for you. Use that journal so that you can go to a new place, a higher place, a deeper place with God. This fast provides a wonderful opportunity for us as a church and for you as an individual. And like I said in the beginning, I am so excited about what God wants to do. This was not just a good idea. This was a God idea. God spoke to us and uh, we just put it into practice and put the framework around it. But we are so excited as a leadership team about what God is going to do in and through us. And the enemy, you just have to know that the enemy does not want you to succeed. But I'm here tonight to tell you that you can and you can do it well. You, and you can do it without losing your witness, without losing friendships, and without too much pain. You're just going to have to manage your emotions. And like I said earlier, what I've shared have been stories about uh, fasting illustrations and what we can do in the fast. But this is bigger than the fast. The end of that booklet says the next 21 days. This is a start for us. We're doing it corporately together, 21 days as a fast, but it, it, it doesn't end there. This is something we can incorporate in our everyday Christian life. These principles in managing your emotion are going to help in your fast, but they're going to help in life in general. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 